Screw it, screw it. We're just, just gonna talk about Spider-Man. Hello and welcome to Screw It. We're just going to talk about Spider-Man. This is the podcast where we do exactly that. We talk about Spider-Man, specifically the original comic books done by the original creative team of Steve Ditko and Stan Lee. Today we are doing issue 29 of The Amazing Spider-Man. And what's more, I am one of two hosts. My name is Will Hines. I'm the other host. You might recognize me from all the previous episodes. My name is Kevin Hines. Yes, and we have the same last name, which is confusing, and we don't know why. Yeah, there's no reason. No one in the world has the same last names except for the two of us, and we're trying to figure it out just like you guys. Yep. If we get we an answer, we'll parents. share it with oh, you. Oh, by the way, we have the same parents. Uh, they don't have any yeah, we have ideas. the same parents. I yeah. don't know their last names. Mm-hmm. We have a brother in common. We don't know. Anyway, we'll figure it out. Yeah. I'm, I'm in Los Angeles, and Kevin's in New York, so this is a nationwide phenomenon, this podcast. That's right. Uh, Everybody in between is just sort of caught up in the radio waves uh, between us. Um, Kevin, we have two guests for this episode, so maybe we should introduce them right now. Are they just crashing into your place right now? Is that what's going on? Yep, They've just walked in and they're sitting down. And uh, our two guests are Kate Thompson. Hello, Kate. (sighs) Hi, Will. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Mark David Christensen. I just want to let the audience know and the listeners, we are not the hosts of this podcast. No. (laughs) You are the guests. You stay in your guest role, Dave. Yeah. Mark David, he goes by Dave. Uh, Dave and Kate are the co-hosts of um, another podcast, a new one that I love called Aw Crap, It's a Hellboy Podcast. Oh, thanks. I'm happy you like it. <laughs> it's a part of the... Campaign. I don't really like podcasts about comic books. <laughs> I think it's... Uh, hey, did you guys really work for the... that last name mystery? Did you ever find that? <laughs> yeah, I just got here, so... We were just talking just... about how we have not solved it yet. Still haven't cracked it. Oh, okay. Your dad won't talk to you still? <laughs> He's mum on it. Um, so, uh, yeah, they, they do a Hellboy podcast. It's on Campfire Media, which is our podcast network. And uh, Kevin and I are big fans of Hellboy. And uh, Kevin, you haven't had a chance to listen to their podcast, but I have, and I'll tell you, it's good. Is it the same thing? Is it going issue by issue, or is it um, more general, just hitting storylines, or what? What's how's that work? How's Ah Crap? It's a Hellboy podcast work. It's so specific. I mean, we might as well be reading the dialogue. It's yeah, we, we walk right through, over. and we we're tackling a lot in one issue or not one episode. We this one, our second as we're recording this right now, our second episode just dropped, and in that one, we jump into the first full length storyline, which is Seed of Destruction, and we cover the first two issues of that storyline. How long is an episode? That one is two hours. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. They're unrestrained. We don't care. Uh, We do this for us. Right. (laughs) Dialogue by John Byrne in that first arc, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's right. Good. I bought those when they came out. I was very excited about it. Cool. Yeah, I love Hellboy. I just started reading uh, Hellboy in Hell, which is a relatively recent arc in the Hellboy universe. Yeah, I think it's closing out the main storyline uh, that Mignola developed for him. But again, I weirdly, even though I have that podcast, have not read that. I'm saving it for when we reach it on our actual podcast. Um, it's good. Spoiler alert. Ooh, exciting. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> All right, but this isn't about Hellboy. We're, so um, but, uh, Dave and Kate are both just comics fans in general. Uh, Dave, like me, is talentless, but Kate can actually draw. And I think it's always interesting to have someone who can actually draw talk about comics. Yeah, thanks for having me on for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, and Kate's also a big fan of Love and Rockets comics, which I'm a big fan of. And you don't always find a Love and Rockets comic book fan because Love and Rockets is sort of weirdly obscure, kind of, even though they're also well-respected and it's stuff. It's a shame. It should be required reading if you live in Los Angeles. It really <laughs> should be. Uh, it's cool. I need one of you to loan me. Love and rocket. Sure. <laughs> um, okay, but we're doing Spider-Man. So, Kevin, um, <laughs> this is issue 20. Great, so let's talk about Batman a little bit. Um, <laughs> so we're doing Spider-Man. So, Dave and Kate, what's been, what's been your exposure to these, to Spider-Man in general and the original Steve Ditko, Stan Lee Spider-Man issues before, before today? Uh, before today... Um, Spider-Man I was not exposed to a lot. I was thinking about this before coming on is that I actually had growing up, 
I remember going on a road trip and my parents buying like two mini Marvel comics. They used to do reprints that were small. And I had an X-Men one and I had one that was the Spider-Man no, issue number one. And then maybe it was like another issue in it. But I, as a kid, I remember not reading it. I remember just looking at the pictures and there was so much dialogue that I don't think I would, I would ever dive into it until yeah. later. And then my big, other big exposure was the nineties cartoon on Fox big fan of that even though i never watched it consecutively in order it was always just random episodes and then the ditko stuff i did not read it until this pod you guys's podcast i as soon as i saw you guys announce it i got real excited got marvel unlimited and have been reading the ditko's what i just read the, the issue right before the, your episode you're going to talk about it yeah oh, cool and kate how about you i also was super into the cartoon the what like 94 or whatever whenever it came out and then um yeah I didn't really like I knew about the Ditko's like uh, like artwork and stuff like that just from like grabbing random little like books about Marvel superheroes like I had a lot of like encyclopedia about Marvel and things like that and uh like used to get wizard magazine a lot like that's where when I was a little kid I like couldn't afford a bunch of comic books so i would like i still love wizard yeah it was such a great it was so great i still have so many issues of it sitting in my house and yeah so uh i didn't really read them until like high school and then i the most Ditko stuff i read was more like dr strange stuff oh wow like it was like i I just liked dr strange like my favorite when i was a kid i liked dr strange and nightcrawler were like my favorite comic here i just think Maybe like they, I thought they looked weird and cool. And I mean, Spider-Man does this too. I don't know. I'm making a hand motion of the, of Doc Strange's. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Of his weird spells and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's fun when you're as a kid and you get drawn to heroes who maybe aren't like the main marquee ones. Like you sort of something about the way they look or something. And you're like, that's my guy. I think they were just reason. fun to draw too. Like they were just weird looking. They were so weird looking. Yeah, And it was really fun. But I did love that Spider-Man was funny. I thought that was like, that was the most appealing thing. And he's a teenager. Have you ever read much Ditko stuff? Uh, not, of Spider-Man? Not, uh, other than like a little bit in like, like years ago now. And so this was my first dive back into it in cool. a long time. But Kirby, you're, you're, you've written, you've seen a lot of Kirby stuff. Jack, oh, yeah. Jack Kirby. For sure. Yeah. In terms of old Marvel art. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to praise your guys' podcast real fast. You have gotten me to read a lot of stuff. One being I read the – because you guys, you two uh, praise the Kirby, Stanley, Incredible Hulk. So I read those for the first time just recently. And the first six issues? Yes. So fun. Those are great. Uh, Hulk is such a jerk in those. He's, <laughs> he's like the biggest asshole. <laughs> also, Ditko draws some of those. He draws number six at least, I know. Yeah, you're aware Yeah, right. he inks issue five and draws issue six, I believe. Damn, son. That's some nice detail in that recall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, he died recently, so I've been reading more detailed about, about what he's done. Um, okay, cool. Well, I'll be curious to hear what you guys think about this issue as we dive into it. So what do we, what do we, so this is issue 29 of Amazing Spider-Man. It's called Never Step on a Scorpion. This is Scorpion's second appearance. I'll tell you right now, I think Scorpion is a lesser villain, in my own opinion. Uh, yeah, I agree with that, but I also think this issue is way better than his first appearance. Yeah, they really, they up the drama of the fact that J. Jonah Jameson, the newspaper editor that hires Peter Parker, created Scorpion, and the fight is pretty good, too. I think this was just a really fun issue, and the first time I was sort of not that into it. His first appearance or the first time you read this? Story? His first appearance, yeah. What did you guys, uh, David? His first... Oh, go ahead, Kevin. Uh, I was like, his first appearance. I don't really remember the first time I read this issue yeah. uh, that clearly, I guess. Um, Dave and Kate, what'd you, what, what, just, what were your overall impressions of this? Um, yeah, I thought it was really fun. The Just like him having kind of like, not the exact same powers, but a, it's there's like some parallels to Spider-Man's powers that I thought was interesting for him to be like climbing up walls and stuff like that. And... Yeah, but his tail is just so silly. Like he's very, he's a silly character to me. And then they emphasize how strong he is, which is just like, it's just a, it's a weird pairing, like to make him a scorpion and be like the strongest like thing that that there is. Like it was kind of, he's, he's, yeah, he's pretty silly, but I mean, 
he's not the silliest Spider-Man villain, I guess. So it's like (laughs) (laughs) definitely not. (laughs) But I mean, yeah, he is very silly. Like the fact that he he's a scorpion, but his tail only is just sort of like a battering ram. He's like Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. Yes, just like springing around. (laughs) And I can't even remember. Was the spring thing added in this issue, or is that in the first one? Yes. It's definitely new yeah. to this issue, it's, but he doesn't do his hand pincers movements to cut things, which made no sense exactly. in the first issue. Uh, that spring thing really, it, I think it actually made me You know, like a, a scorpion does. <laughs> yeah, scorpions just, that'd be terrifying if actual scorpions could do that. <laughs> uh, we're in the part of the Spider-Man run where Stanley and Steve Ditko are basically not communicating with each other. So like Ditko would like do the art himself, deliver it to Stan, and then Stan would put all the dialogue in. And so, um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I like bearing that in mind sometimes whenever the plot gets a little wonky or the logistics get a little weird, it's like either Ditko didn't think this through or he had something in mind and didn't communicate it or something like that. That makes a lot of sense. I also suspect that though Ditko put a lot of, uh, temporary dialogue in, I don't think there's any way Lee would know what was going on in these issues. Well, you know, Kevin, Kate and Dave, Kevin and I recently purchased some more recent Ditko art. Well, you know, Steve Ditko just died last month, but mm. he, th- through a friend of his in Washington State, was like self-publishing a lot of comics art. And I ordered some like four months ago. And I, I don't know when he drew it, but sometime in the last like, let's say 15 years conservatively, maybe even more recently. Yeah. And Kevin was noticing that um, the dialogue read like placeholder dialogue a lot of times. Right, Kevin? <laughs> Yeah, it's just like clipped or not full sentences uh, or not really even getting the full point across, just like the general gist of what's being said. So maybe that's what Ditko um, did for this art when he delivered it to Stanley. We don't yeah. know, but maybe. I wouldn't, I just wouldn't be surprised, especially because there's a lot of foreshadowing in this issue for future yeah, stories. Right. And if you're going to do that, you've got to somehow communicate what's going on. Because it doesn't mean anything in this story. Is yeah. That- I mean, we'll get to that when we get to it in the actual issue, I guess. Yeah, and that's sort of been um, the Marvel way for years, right? It's sort of like there's a bit of a communication back and forth. Or they just hand it over to the artist and they take control, um, which is, I mean, it's going out of style now, but it seems like that. And then Kirby I, would have notes, too. I think, like the, part, the, I think the part that was missing, uh, I'm sorry, I think the part that was missing from these issues, though, is that there was no pre-talk. I, like, I think usually the artist and writer would talk over what the plan was. And that stuff wasn't happening. It was just like, do the next issue. It makes for a very funny issue. I think. like, (laughs) And that is wild to do that. Because I can't think of anything right now that I'm creating or have created recently that I would, if that, it would work that way. Um, (laughs) It makes me want to draw a comic and have you write the dialogue. Let's do that. Can we do that? Okay, great. Let's do that. (laughs) Can you mention doing a movie where it's like, okay, I'll film it. I'll give you the footage and then you just dub in all the voices, you know, whatever you think. (laughs) It's, yeah, it's like a writing exercise. It's like Exquisite Corpse all E. So Kevin, let's do, uh, let's do some of our segments. What's going on in the time at, in the Marvel universe at the time this issue was published. So this was uh, October, 1965. It's also the month, I think when the annual came out uh, that we recovered last week. That's right. Um, the uh, Amazing Spider-Man Annual 2. But it's also the month when the Fantastic Four Annual came out, uh, Annual 3. And do you know what happens in Annual 3, Will? I do not know. Uh, Sue Storm and Reed Richards get married. Oh, that happened in the third annual. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a big Marvel thing. Yeah, it's a big event. The royal couple of um, the every, Is that the yeah, first Every Marvel hero wedding? and villain shows up. Is that the first I big Marvel wedding? I think so. I don't think Hank and uh, Wanda ever got married, or if they did, they hadn't been married yet. So, Dave and Will are in not Hank and Wanda. Hank and uh, uh, what's what's uh, what's his what's the wasp. the wasp's name? I don't know. I can't give a shit Janet? about the man and Is wasp. It Janet? Janet. <laughs> it's Janet. Hank and Janet. I don't believe ever got married in the old issues. Yeah, so he becomes abusive. <laughs> it's never going to work out. <laughs> I mean, they don't know that at this time. I don't think that I wasn't. Think, I think it's planned. <laughs> Oh, wow. Hey, you just got engaged to your fiance, Jessica. That's right. So hearing about a wedding, are you jealous? Are you becoming a bridezilla? So yeah, about I've somebody truly else's wedding? become <laughs> a real control freak. People are asking me if any details and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't it know. just happened. Yeah. 
my advice is make sure Dr. Doom doesn't show up. Uh, it didn't work out great for Sue and Reed. we sort of ruined their wedding. I didn't invite Dr. Doom. I did invite Victor Von Doom. So I hope he... Oh, no. oh I got bad news for you. <laughs> they what? are the same person. Oh, my God. It's really weird that you didn't know that. <laughs> um, uh, that's, that's good Marvel news. Uh, do we have any Spider-Man podcast news currently? I don't believe we do. I don't think we do. So should we just get into this issue? Yeah, let's do it. Let's dig in. All right. What do we think? Oh, we forgot to do the cover. I, I screwed that up. Um, let's do the cover right now. What do we think of this cover? I think this is a good cover. I fucking <laughs> love it, baby. Yeah, it's an action pack cover. I think it gets you really excited for the issue. I mean, if anything, it looks like a standard, like uh, just another solid issue of Spider-Man. Nothing looks like anything special, but it looks good. It looks exciting. It makes me almost like the Scorpion because of just the action on it. Uh, I've said it many times in this podcast. Disco loves fluids and he loves smoke and he loves like weird shapeless things that can be splashing around. So Scorpion and Spidey fighting in water is a real Ditko fave. And lots of sprawled out hands going on too on this cover. Yeah, you got to love the super articulated Ditko hands. Kate, are you familiar with the phrase, and, I, and Kevin, am I right that this is a phrase, Kirby Dots? Kirby, Kirby dots. Crackle, I've heard. Yeah, Kirby Crackle, same yeah. thing. Okay. Like, just like, you know, Kirby's like kind of standard energy yeah. shapes. Well, I, I did go hands is Ditko one that hands, um, yeah. I've, I mean, I've he's, yeah, they're just wild. Like to have them for like to have like foreshortened fingers like that and still like kind of see the structure of the finger is pretty crazy to me. And he must love this water because he gets to make whatever shape he wants out of it. Like he can make this like really dynamic looking like composition with these like swooshes and everything. Yeah, instead of having motion lines, there's actual just water. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's ex like he gets to have a physical object be the action line instead. And that's really fun. Let's uh, move into the issue. What do we think of the splash page? We often, Kevin and I often compare the cover and the splash page. Cause a lot of times in Spider-Man, the splash page in our opinion will be a better cover than what is the cover. Although in this case, I think they're both excellent drawings and the cover is actually a better cover. Yeah, this one's a little too busy for a cover, but still really great. Yeah, I, I think they've gotten weaker in the sense of the splash page versus the covers on the last couple of issues. Still a great page. I think this one, actually, I wish it was a little less um, diet. Like, I think if you cleaned it up with like a little bit of Stan Lee's and it was just the image, it would work a little bit better. That's my opinion, though. It's fun. But I, I do like just that it's different. Like the cover is different in that it's just they're submerged in water and you haven't really seen like ha, like have you you haven't really seen a cover like that yet like you've seen spider-man smashing through like furniture and stuff right right um yeah though so the splash page has j jonah jameson which is a plus it is a plus and his little like delicate hand as he's hiding <laughs> and cowering <laughs> yeah well the jonah cowers throughout this issue and it is delightful <laughs> the cover is sort of showing like what would be the special effects of this issue it's like they're gonna fight in water and then the splash page is like the story which is like spidey and scorpion are fighting right in jameson's office totally I love the little bit at the bottom of the credits, how Stanley added, when Academy Award time rolls around, leave us not forget. Yeah, because you're going to get an Academy Award for the comic book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> love that. Uh, I love Stanley's sense of humor. The hammier, the better. I'm all for it. It's so good. I love how they rip on Sam Rosen every issue. The letterer, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lettering and loafing by Sam Rosen. I went through each issue and just was like, like, rereading the that little introduction hey man <laughs> life is short you gotta have and, fun yeah <laughs> and sam rosen has to write those letters <laughs> yeah. that's the ultimate like insult to this man um uh this this splash page is covered with little jokes uh what else do we got? Because he uh, he makes fun of the title because uh, or doesn't make fun. I don't know if he makes fun of it or praises it. The title is "Never Step on a Scorpion," uh, or you think it's easy to dream up titles like this? <laughs> I, I love it. I love that. They're so antagonistic. Uh, and, then, uh, and then there's another weird caption where it says, "And this <laughs> serves no purpose." Uh, it goes on the surface. This may seem to be a super action. Uh, 
thriller. But if you probe down deep, if you analyze each subtle nuance, if you dissect each philosophical phrase, if you study each non-existential panel, you'll actually discover that it is a superhero action thriller. (laughs) You guys have talked about before, like how... Stanley will kind of make like poke fun at Dicko a little bit. Like that's what that feels like to me where he's just like, it's yeah. a superhero comic. Okay. Like he's kind of like, yeah, like Dicko's like, you've talked about it before also, like how Dicko's tr- has sort of brought more light onto Peter Parker's life. Yeah. And you can, that sort of, you can feel that pull between Stan and Ditko. Stan going like, it's an action thriller. And he's like, no, there's more to it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's just, like, fuck you. You can analyze. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, this is Stanley can't draw a middle finger. So he wrote this intro. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's get into the action of the issue. We, after the splash page, we, started. Oh, what a Stan Lee decision. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Yep. I'm moving on. Um, so we start with just regular old Peter Parker and um, he's gaining weight, I guess, is what we're starting with. <laughs> yeah, he's bulking up. Um, so he's got, oh, he's bulking up. That's a nicer way to put it. And he gets some new duds. So we're moving more and more away from Peter Parker's nerdy suit clothes and he's getting cooler and cooler. Yeah, he's got that red yellow vest now. It's I love it. it looks it's new Peter's. <laughs> Yeah, similar to the chameleon's old vest. So uh, I gotta assume it's got lots of pockets. Multi-pocketed vest. (laughs) But um, so Peter's looking cool. But they do make a point to remind us that he's still poor. Like that's an important part of Peter Parker's story. Is the dude's always strapped for cash. Yeah. And then we see the scorpion, and he is escaping. (laughs) Yeah. And we don't see him use his tail. We don't know how he leaps out of the prison. We we later find out he's using his tail as a spring. But I love the shot of him leaping out of the prison. Mm-hmm. The uh, fifth panel on this page. It's a great photo, although once again, it begs the question of why in this town do they let the villains keep their costumes in the jail cell when it has all their power? Well, he it's says. Keep him calm. He says how. Yeah, they don't know how he to explains it. <laughs> he's like, uh, just he said uh, after down. they captured him, Will. Oh, he outsmarted the guards because he pretend, he pretended to crack up and they gave him his costume back. You better give you your weapon back since you're acting so crazy. I bet you that's more Stan Lee saw this art, had the same thought I did. And he's like, I have to explain why he had the costume. And he just made that up in the dialogue. I bet he did that. Uh, this is an uh, Yeah, I think so. Several times when li- listening to the podcast and reading along, I'd want to snap uh, pictures of dialogue that I think is meant to be a mental, like where I'm like, why didn't Stan Lee make this like a, a thought bubble versus dialogue? And it's one of, this is one of those moments where he's explaining how he got out, how they, and it's like, that feels like it should be a thought bubble, but it's like funny to, I love reading these and going, if you're n- next to Scorpion and hearing him say this out loud, <laughs> you're like, what is going on? <laughs> like Spider-Man so many times in these early issues, if someone was in earshot of him saying something, <laughs> you'd have figured out he was Peter Parker already. <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> yeah. I think the thought balloons just don't down. look as nice. So I don't think they like to use them too often. Yeah. Why would you be running down the street and just yelling about what happened to you earlier that day? <laughs> yeah, I love it though, because I get yeah, you're. I think you're right, Kevin. It's it's a cleaner look. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love reading along and thinking in this reality they actually are doing that. That's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> um. So let me go to Peter, and now he's at the Daily Bugle, his workplace, uh, where he works as a freelancer, but he stops by every day anyway. And there's some emotional developments. <laughs> yeah, he's there to check up on Betty. His uh sort of girlfriend and she's talking to her other boyfriend Ned Leeds <laughs> she's really cucking um, <laughs> Peter here Peter's getting super cucked in this issue <laughs> and it's a shame the, the weird friendliness between Ned Leeds and Peter Parker is I've said it before it's strange to me I know well you don't understand two men having being friends um, they should be you see more. them only as yeah only rivals fighting over their interests. Um, yeah, uh, it's great. Ned is so friendly to Peter, and Peter hates him in his so thought bubbles weird. so much. He even say, I mean, he calls him cheap. Basically, he's like, maybe he just didn't want to spend a postage stamp. Like he's making little digs at him in front of yeah. Here at the but back. Ned just took it as a joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was like, "Good one, good one, buddy." So. Yeah, Peter's relationship with Betty looks like it's on shaky ground here. Um, but we don't have time to get into it too much because a policeman comes barging in. And in the Steve Ditko universe, policemen are gods. 
<laughs> yeah. This is very nice of this police officer. Yes. He's come to warn Jonah that the scorpion has gotten out because the scorpion constantly in prison talked about wanting to go kill J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> That's something that the police officers spread around. Hey, did you hear about the scorpion? He's talking about J. Jonah, J. J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> Better give him his suit back. <laughs> yeah. But this is a really, really funny J. Jonah issue. Um, and Jonah pretends or lies basically and says like, there's no reason for the scorpion to threaten me because he doesn't want people to know that he created the scorpion. Yeah. Uh, but there's like a panel of Jonah just sweating, flop sweat <laughs> in terror. That's so funny. I mean, it is a weird subplot that J. Jonah Jameson <laughs> ordered a mad scientist to transform a man into a supervillain. The man instantly became a murderous psychopath. <laughs> And JJJ's response is, I better keep mum on this one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's right. <laughs> Kate, you like the parking meter exchange that JJJ do, has with yeah. the cop? Yeah, I think uh, oh, yeah. just when the cop comes in and he's like, look, officer, I put a dime in the meter and I could prove it. Like, just to be like immediately defensive like er, this is a daily occurrence where they're like listen pal you can't keep parking out there without like yeah, also you own a newspaper don't park at a meter get yeah, a spot in the garage a- <laughs> <laughs> He's street parking for it's Jesus nothing to do with so parking. cheap that he wouldn't pay the money to have that extra spot yeah he's probably like i do- doesn't trust a valet to park his car like <laughs> i counted the change buddy <laughs> i still picture him driving like a 1930 model t ford or something <laughs> yeah. like that like cigarette or like cigar burns all over them. <laughs> it's nothing to do with parking this time. <laughs> yeah. It's clearly a common problem that he's had with police coming and asking for a dime. I like on page four, halfway down panel three, Peter Parker in the foreground is like all red. Like uh, Ditko kind of does this a lot when a character is sort of thinking to himself. He'll sort mm-hmm. of menacingly be in the foreground and all red. It kind of gives him a more intimate feel or something. Yeah. You're like right in his personal space. You're you're with him thinking those thoughts with him but he's thinking how he's got to stop the scorpion yeah yeah he's the only one who can stop the scorpion so he leaves betty with ned um i like when they get little topical references in panel four betty mentions how she and ned are going to see golden boy and that is a play by clifford odets uh, which was like uh, all the rage like in the 60s but certainly has not like it's not something that anybody knows. It's not. It's not like it's not like you're saying we're going to see Singing in the Rain in the yeah. movie theater. It's not like something that is still in people's memories. But I kind of love it when Stanley puts little '60s things in there. It's cool. I have a question for you, Will. How old is Ned Leeds? I'm gonna guess. See, this is a Steve Ditko universe. Forty-five years old. <laughs> <laughs> and so Betty Brant is eighteen at best. She dropped out of high school. She's near Peter's age. I mean, at oldest, at oldest, she's 19 years old. So, okay. Anyway, that's, a, probably, that's a weird relationship. Yeah. And that's probably, he's in a newspaper at the, what essentially is like the New York Times. So he's 25 at the youngest, right? I mean, he's, he's a big time reporter there. He was a European correspondent. He's probably like 29. He's significantly older than Betty, I guess is my point. Creep alert. And I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm uncomfortable with the relationship. <laughs> Write a letter. Stanley's still alive. We got half the creative team still alive. (laughs) Um, Okay, so Peter is sort of, you know, he and Betty are being nice to each other, but things are definitely getting weird under the surface. But Peter doesn't have time to worry about it. Meanwhile, we cut to Jameson, who is in his office pacing like a madman. (laughs) Yeah, he's in a panic. Uh, He knows the scorpion's going to come try to kill him. The only one who's able to stop the scorpion is Spider-Man. But why would Spider-Man help? Uh, Jonah, they're 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 each worst enemies. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. It's like really farcical, but it is a good dramatic situation. The only person who can save him is his enemy. Like that's a good setup. yeah, yeah. And I like this above the shot, like, and just this the shadow that he's casting, and there's smoke. He's smoking like a fiend. Like it's all like covered in smoke. I don't know. It's a fun little like panel. Huh. On page four. That's the, an illustrator's take. Second to last yeah. panel. <laughs> It just, yeah, I think it visually panel uh, six on page that. four, where the uh, yeah the overhead, yeah, it looks cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so now we have Spidey in costume, swinging over the city, looking for the scorpion. That's always his method of finding 
villains just swing around manhattan and hope you spot them <laughs> yeah. and even in this one he says it's it's like if i just swing around scorpion will come to me yeah he's <laughs> his own bait yeah that's some beautiful shots of him just swinging around and also people being irritated by it <laughs> i absolutely love it when new yorkers complain about spider-man in spider-man comics just like stanley portrays them as a bunch of just grouchy <laughs> They turn on you in an instant. Like to be irritated by seeing Spider-Man is such. Can you imagine like somebody swings overhead? It's like this phenomenon. You're like, get out of the way, you nutcase. (laughs) (laughs) And swinging above you, it's not really getting in your way (laughs) at all. It's just like, all right, cool. He's not a slow walker. The thing that New Yorkers hate most. (laughs) He's getting out of your way in a jiffy here. (laughs) I guess I can see them being nervous he might fall on them. I guess so, yeah. Or like maybe his webbing is a nuisance. Or he's going to be being chased by like a sand elemental or a right, mad scientist blow a building with up. robot arms or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he is trying to lure a supervillain out here into the middle of New York City. So <laughs> I am on their side now. <laughs> uh, I love that about Marvel Comics, how everything takes place in Manhattan. You know, it's like, it's like NBC sitcoms in the 90s. Like if it doesn't happen in Manhattan, it doesn't count. <laughs> Um, okay so we see this Uh, and the scorpion he's watching this happen because uh he sees it and he thinks this is great spider-man's occupied i can go kill jonah easily he's not after spider-man he's after jjj i like panel three on page six like the little evil grimace from the scorpion i think that's rad it's very i mean the scorpion is so evil (laughs) he was so instantly evil he was like a dude that took drank a serum to transform his body for ten thousand dollars he couldn't drink it fast enough (laughs) And then he instantly became a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, he was already crazy uh, and he just wanted to be stronger and crazy. Yeah, it's like fa- it's like what people yeah. say about like fame, how it doesn't actually change you. It just enhances what you already are. I think he was already probably on the hinges of wanting to be a murderer and then just, just kicked him into yeah, it. He was already clutching <laughs> his hand like this before yeah. he ever showed up. <laughs> Yeah, he's like yeah, he wanted to be a murderer, but he's like, I don't have the metal tail, so I guess I won't. So the uh, the bottom of page six, we see the scorpion's new ability. <laughs> the trigger right. moment. He presses he presses his body up against like a building, and his tail coils up behind him so that it can spring him forward. It's how he leaped out of the prison. Oh, it's so funny. Just a great, it's like a little kinetic energy, like, it looks like a science textbook. It's all coiled up, and then he springs forward. Oh, The next page, page seven, has Spidey swinging around more, but panel one is so funny to me. That's so great. The day after the Scorpion escapes, JJJ himself, the man who is in danger, the man who needs Spider-Man to save him, puts a front page story saying (laughs) Spidey and Scorpion are partners. Yeah, but the sub headline is my favorite. It's his trick to try to get Spidey to save him because it says underneath it, if Spider-Man isn't Scorpion's partner, let him catch the Scorpion. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way Jonah is asking for help. It's so funny. Oh, my God, that's funny. I mean, how does anybody work for this guy? It's like, what's the front page? (laughs) (laughs) And the sub headline is. You asking to be protected? Is that <laughs> in such a passive aggressive way yeah. to say, Spider-Man, please save me. So stubborn. Hey, if you're not evil, then save me, you save big me, jerk. Why don't you? So page eight, we get into it. The scorpion breaks into JJJ's office and starts uh, attacking him. Yeah. Uh Scorpion not messing around, immediately busts up a desk. <laughs> Uh, JJJ goes into full coward mode immediately. Oh, he's just fla- his arms are flailing as he runs around. He's a comic character. He's so hilarious in this. He's so silly. Like just yeah, just immediately like Phew, there's a draft behind me. Like even though he's like published this article about being scared of Scorpion, he's like a little cold. <laughs> doesn't turn. He <laughs> doesn't turn around right away. <laughs> Takes a minute. Yeah. He would do a double take if this was filmed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that cigar is popping out of his mouth in panel three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so fun. Uh, yeah, I like, I mean, he makes this tail, like, Dicko makes this tail look really sturdy. For, you know, as funny as it is, it does look like it's walloping everything. Like, oh, yeah, I it's a formidable weapon, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, I like uh, 
Jonah in panel six when he goes, come on, come on, let, let, let's talk about it. Haste makes waste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the panel before that where he has like his arms are crossed as he's running away. It's just his flailing is so funny to me in this yeah. issue. Ditko does good slapstick stuff. Yeah. It's really funny. Um, stop him. Why doesn't somebody stop him? You know, later in J. Jonah Jameson's character arc in future like instances in the Marvel universe, he gets more honorable. And like in the movie, they were careful to make him honorable when the chips were really down. But in these early Ditko issues, he's a, just a full heel at all times. Yeah. <laughs> he's more George Costanza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a page nine. Spidey enters the fray. I think from here on. I love this entrance yes, panel. Yes, I agree. And I think from here on out, the action just is all solid. I'm with you, man. The action is like, great in this issue. I wonder what Dicko used as his references. Like, to me, all of Spider Man's. Artist take. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it. That, <laughs> I love it. That's what he. It looks to me like he's taking. Everything he does in this issue reminds me of like track and field. Like, it looks like he's, you know, like just different events. Like, he must have had like a, like a yearbook or something and he's just like using that as a i'm, I'm oh, really like somebody doing like a long jump or yeah a pole like, vault and stuff yeah like pole vaulting over stuff definitely um or like hurtling like a lot of his movements like right. spidey's swinging in the window looks like somebody kind of vaulting over a, a bar that's what it makes me think like every movement in here or i mean maybe if he had some kind of like acrobat reference like i wonder what he was looking at i tried to google it and i couldn't find that information it's probably not it's probably just a book he had in his apartment or whatever i i one of the many many tragedies of ditko being gone is i do think questions like that would be the one he wouldn't mind answering like yeah. i don't think he liked talking about well anything really right. but i think like <laughs> illustrator advice he occasionally would in letter form answer people about that yeah he clearly has fun drawing like it he loves to draw this character doing all this crazy stuff so yeah if he was curmudgeonly about everything else Except that I wouldn't be surprised. So we have a quite a situation here. Scorpion and Spidey are fighting in the offices of the Daily Bugle. Jonah's trying to run away like a coward, but everybody else is in great danger. Like Betty Brandt is scared, rightfully so. Yeah, I mean stuff is being just smashed. There's debris flying everywhere. It's so weird how what it takes to make a comic book fight good. Like when he was fighting the Molten Man two episodes ago, one issue ago. It was kind of a boring fight, actually, even though even though the drawings were pretty. Th this one has got stakes. It's a, it's a really exciting battle, even though the villain itself is not that great a character to me. Yeah, I mean, they're both just strong dudes, too, so there's not a ton of difference between the two guys. Um, but yeah, visually, it's just great. And Spider-Man is also just launching himself into the Scorpion nonstop in this issue. Well, like on page 10. And, uh, oh, go ahead, Kevin. I'm sorry. And every, pan and every image of Jonah, it makes me laugh. The second panel on page nine where he's just sort of got his arms up is great. I don't know. He's just so funny. Yeah, his facial expression there is fantastic. But also you got page 10, like while Spidey and Scorpion are fighting, Ned Leeds is comforting Betty Brandt, his <laughs> jailbait underage girlfriend. <laughs> but like that's kind of torturing Spidey, you know, like Spidey's trying to save everybody, but he looks over his shoulder and there's this girl in somebody else's arms like, that's some good comics right there, baby. Yeah, he's getting. Yeah, it's making him angrier. He's making him angrier, and he's making more mistakes too. I mean, that last panel is hilarious, right? On page ten. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What is it? <laughs> I love a nice upside down dialogue uh, bubble. Yes, yeah, Spidey's too. flung into the wall by the scorpion by Ned and Betty, and Ned is. But we don't even we don't even see the punch, right? Spider Man runs off panel and then just comes right back in. <laughs> yeah. Very good comedic timing on there, that. One panels. more illustration y thing. There's a lot there's like a I had this Marvel book growing up that just taught you how to draw and one of their like tenets was um always drawing at the like end of the movement. So if you see like Spider Man punching, you can see like on page nine, like the center panel here where he's punching Scorpion and you just see a little like pop of action where he connected with scorpion's chin but he, he's his fist isn't hitting scorpion right on the face you're not seeing that you're seeing the end of the action so you get this mm -hmm. idea of the full action there and it happens so many times on nine and ten like scorpion's tail here and like whipping it's always at the end of the movement so you kind of get the idea of the full movement and you get the action lines that let you know like that's where the fist was you get the little pop here on his chin again in ten it's really fun so you, and the characters also um, sort of move towards the next panel, right? Yeah. Uh, like the punch 
if you follow his fist, it takes you to the next panel. Yeah, it's like leading you down. Like he's just conscious of the composition of the page as a whole, but also like to like he's he it's it, I mean, he still wants to get this idea across really fast and and for the pacing and because he probably only has a certain number of pages. But yeah, it's so cool. It's great. It makes me want to like this. It makes me want to read this whole like the whole thing. <laughs> a good it's hard drawing easy <laughs> um the drama in this issue is great uh um so that panel we were just talking about the bottom of page 10 where spidey gets flung against the wall ned snaps at him i told you to watch out for his tail and then spidey <laughs> snaps right back at him oh shut up even though his speech balloon is upside down because he's being thrown upside down but it's kind of it's fun yeah it's so fun yeah um Sort of a on page eleven, panel three, uh, Spidey does like a sort of Clark Kent, Lo, Clark Kent, Lois Lane moment where he says Betty's name out loud. He's giving away his personal attachment to Betty Brant. You know, this he's punching Scorpion I mean, and he's saying, "This is for frightening Betty Brant." You think? I mean, he has saved her from the Sinister Six already. True, so true. It's not insane that he knows who Betty is, but still, if I'm Betty, I'm like Spider Man likes me. There's like no way around it. Yeah, when I was reading it, I had a moment yeah. where I just did what you guys did, where I stopped when he said, oh no, he gave his cover up. And then I was like, wait, he saved Betty. So the, of course they like sort of had an interaction. So I was like, they're cool. We're cool. That's so funny. It would be so funny. I mean, he might also have a relationship with Jonah. <laughs> he saves Jonah a lot That's too. That's true. Um, Spidey and Jonah as lovers is the great unexplored arc of Spider-Man comics. I'm sure they've been shipped. Somebody's done that. <laughs> Top of page 12, there's a really funny Jonah moment where Jonah is, although he's terrified and running away from the scorpion, still finds room to criticize Spider-Man <laughs> mid-fight. Um, yeah, he says, you overrated clown, you bumbling incompetent, he's making you look like a bum. <laughs> I feel like he's watching a boxing match or something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Jonah gets a little bolder on this page, on page 12, because I think Spider-Man is doing pretty good. So Jonah's now <laughs> lashing out at his savior. <laughs> the police show up and he asks the police to shoot both of them. <laughs> <laughs> shoot them both, let's get rid of them for good. He immediately asks for murder. <laughs> um, but the police don't do it. They're good guys. Yeah, we're just here about your parking, Jonah. <laughs> oh man they set a squad yeah they have a whole precinct to come up here about your dimes that you've been <laughs> being stingy about so the presence of the cops makes the scorpion hightail it he leaves the office and so the battle moves out of the daily bugle into the streets of manhattan and uh, jonah immediately becomes super aggressive you'd never know that this guy was a coward <laughs> for the last three pages yeah, and then he starts posing. He starts taking photographs of himself uh, as if he won the battle. <laughs> oh yeah, panel four and five on page thirteen is so funny. I mean, his rolled up sleeves and <laughs> he does look tough. It's really I would read a comic about J. Jonah Jameson, uh, battle the battling uh, editor of the Daily Bugle. He looks like Nick Fury a little bit, like with that cigar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, his forearms are huge. Uh, bottom of page 13, those three panels are so funny. Somebody walk us through those. Uh, so Jonah's kind of making his big claim about how he's going to, uh, you know, how what a hero he is. And he basically says, make sure these pictures do me justice. Get my courageous expression, my determined fighting stance, my iron fists clenched and ready. And then he overhears somebody say, um, that if the scorpion defeats Spider-Man, he'll probably return back here to attack Jameson again. And he immediately crumbles. Uh, Jonah immediately crumbles with a big ulp. That ulp. And then he's back to flop sweat. <laughs> and thinking about like leaving town. Um, so we cut back to outside where Spidey and Scorpion are kind of doing the second half of their fight. And we get some truly awesome, big Ditko fight panels. Uh, with great Manhattan water towers, um, awesome Spider-Man poses. I mean, this is like what he's always been so good at, and it's like in such great form here. 
Yeah, and I love that you just split it up into four panels. Because like up to this point, there's so many panels per page. And this one I love, he's just like, I'm just going to display this fight into four. And it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's incredible. It also just sort of makes it feel like it reminds you that they're outside. There's all this room now from the claustrophobic nine panels to these four big panels. That's a great point, yeah. Yeah, whenever they get more vertical panels, it always is sort of like this relief of space. Um, I love panel three on page 14. Uh, Kate, there's the finished the finished punch you were talking about. Scorpion's yeah. punching Spider-Man, and, and it's, he's drawn at the end of his punch. But Spidey is just flailing he's like twisting in the air he was hit so hard yeah i mean his like the way that he's like uh he's uh words are escaping me just so yeah his flailing looks great <laughs> he's like recording he's like you know even his like fingers are, are like wide and like he's and then this little like hand behind the back he's like trying to like balance in the fourth panel like it's he's- really great I uh, also love panel three, the joke Spider-Man makes. I think it's a classic Spider-Man quip. Like he's been hit so hard that his body <laughs> is half twisted in the air, right? Mm-hmm. And as he does it, the scorpion like um, – uh, Scorpion says, I'm going to smash you into the middle of next week. Yeah, and Spidey says, good, there's a TV show on that I've been dying to see. <laughs> and uh, that, that's classic Spider-Man quip right there, man. <laughs> so good. Never shows that he's uh, on the ropes. Uh, we got some good web action on the next page, uh, page fifteen. I love the education yeah. he gives Scorpion real fast. They're not yo-yos; they're bulas. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if Stanley like read an article in like National Geographic the week before, and he's like, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna get South American on these guys. <laughs> It's great. I love how well this works for Spider-Man 2. It feels like sometimes these sort of things just immediately get torn up by the villains, but like a tangle, he throws these bolas, web bolas at the scorpion, tangles up his arms and his legs, uh, but not his spring tail. So it doesn't quite work, but it, it's relatively effective. Just get hobbles him, scorpion. Yeah. Gives him a chance to use that tail again. Oh man, these next two pages, 16 to 17 are... Awesome. This is like now Scorpion's his legs are sort of tied up by these web bolas. But we get some really wide open spaces in Manhattan that they're flinging themselves around and it looks so good. Yeah, Spider-Man is sort of swinging around while dragging the Scorpion who's tangled up with him uh, until they reach the waterfront where he can like toss Scorpion into the water. Um, Real quick, I just want to mention uh, what pushes us into these great pages is that I love that the spring action is sort of like an accident that springs him into Spider-Man and they accidentally tumble off the building. And I think that's a great action trope that I love when you see like, like the difference between seeing something that's fully choreographed that feels just only choreographed versus like sort of brute and there's accidents happening from even your hero and your villain. And that's what I love about that is that the fight keeps going because they're both, they're both powerful. And this mistake keeps this fight even going further and further and further. I love that. Yeah, I I always feel like Spider-Man, when you compare him to like Captain America or Batman, fights in a very uh, improvised fashion. Like he never knows what his next move is going to be. Where if everything's going well, Batman's got it all mapped out probably in his head. Same with like Daredevil and a lot of these other heroes. But Spider-Man's just always sort of like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, totally. I would I would say the closest thing to him other than himself in movies would be Ethan Hunt. And maybe that's just because I've seen <laughs> Mr. Possum, but I think Ethan Hunt is trying to, in every moment <laughs> just survive and I think Spider-Man is sort of the same way and that's very I love that about. Well that it. Uh, this is or, what's smart. Or maybe like Jason Bourne just sort of like instinct kicks in. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a that's what a, like a smart teenager would do just like procrastinate and not do it (laughs) he's getting punched in the face (laughs) be like oh i gotta fight that's right Uh, i read about bolo ties or bolo like bolas once bolo Bolo ties whoops yeah i read about bolas once so maybe i'll do that (laughs) yeah um so spidey flings scorpion into the river hudson river i'm guessing and um uh so we have a little fight in the water uh just like the cover. Just like the cover. Also, just like Spidey versus Doc Ock in Annual 1 with a Sinister Six. Ditko kind of likes water fights, I think. Uh, and it looks yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, panel 3 on page 17 is the cover, basically. A less 
detailed version. Yeah. Um, and, and this is kind of a big climactic moment of the fight. They're underwater, but and Spidey sort of is able to shoot webs underwater, and that that kind of finishes that finishes Scorpion. He's also able to talk underwater. <laughs> yep. Water's not stopping Stanley from putting dialogue on these people. <laughs> and I like how Stanley reminds us, like, you might doubt what I've done in like this frame that Ditko's created, but he's like, he's like, luckily I originally made it waterproof. I love Spidey's that. talking about why his web works underwater. Yeah. yeah. I love that. You guys have, yeah, yeah, you guys have addressed that before where he's like, Stanley will address what a kid would be thinking if you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> like a little kid would be pissed about that. So it's like better tell him it's waterproof. Yeah, Stanley's good at that. Like yeah. sort of at least giving some kind of surface explanation for crazy <laughs> yeah. things. Which is all you need. Uh, he somehow knows that he can hold his breath longer than Scorpion. Yeah, he's really sure of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Spider-Man's shown the ability to hold his breath for a long time, but I guess he doesn't know how long the Scorpion can. But I wonder why he can hold his breath a long time. That's not a spider thing, right? He's, not- he's strong. Strong lungs. Strong lungs. Just muscular lungs means they can hold <laughs> the right. lungs of a thousand spiders. Yeah. Hey, you wouldn't get it, Pip Squeak. <laughs> That's true. A panty waist like me wouldn't understand. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, but Spider-Man really trounces the scorpion here at the end of this fight. Yes. Uh, scorpion's waterlogged, totally covered in webbing, beat to hell, and the cops show up to get him. And then uh, that's it. Now we have a little coda of just Peter Parker's life. Yeah, he uh, r- rings out his costume. He goes back to the bugle. Um, finds out that Ned Leeds took uh, Betty home. He's sort of heartbroken about that. Uh, there's a great Jonah moment, too, where he's talking about the headline. <laughs> uh, the headline is, Jonah Jameson proved himself to be as brave as he is handsome. <laughs> Not only did he write it, he reads it out loud in his office to everyone. <laughs> his headlines are yeah. too long. I mean, like, never mind like, what they're saying. You can't have so many full sentence headlines. <laughs> yeah, it should just say J- Jonah Jameson brave. And then that should get you into the article. Brave slash handsome. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Let's just make it a full uh, sentence. <laughs> uh, uh, every headline needs a classic slash. Yeah. <laughs> There's too much he needs to get across to people right away. He knows they won't read the article. (laughs) Peter goes home to Aunt May. Aunt May warns him not to overtax himself. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Don't take a break every few blocks while you're walking. (laughs) (laughs) A little Uh, overprotective. She. (laughs) She is unbelievably overprotective. Yeah. It almost drives me a little bit crazy in these full reads is like how grandma-esque she is. Whereas like I've sort of like now reading, getting back into the the current amazing Spider-Mans, I like how she's a little more like modern and like, oh, thank God. She gives him a break. At least Peter's nice to his aunt. Like he doesn't, he only thinks this exasperated thing where he's like, and this is like a Love and Rockets that like so much of it reminded me of Love and Rockets or I guess like Love and Rockets calls back to Ditko's work. Like, I feel like they were the characters in that comic so frequently are like, oh, guy, like they're just like making noises that are like, so it's such a fun, uh, it's such a fun expression to be like, like instead of being like geez or Louise or something. Yeah. Uh, Jaime Hernandez is for sure a Steve Ditko super fan. Absolutely. It's like Ditko and like Archie comics got like squished together and yeah Kevin you don't mind that we're talking Love and Rockets does that bother you <laughs> no I know why you had these guys on as a podcast <laughs> guests now <laughs> um, so the last page we get a foreshadowing of the well, big even arc. just before that we see that Ned B- Betty is collapsed from the stress and <laughs> Ned is taking care of her uh, Betty has really become a diminished character but we see Ned this older man just fiendishly preying on this young girl. <laughs> Kevin's really putting a mood onto this panel, but I don't. <laughs> I think it's there. Uh, but then, but then, yes, you can talk about the last page, which is very foreshadowing. So the last page, you know, the adventure's all solved. Everything's been sewn up. Um, but now at home, Aunt May collapses. She has like a dizziness spell. Ooh. This is like very soapera. Uh, soap opera-esque to me the way that she hides this because it was like if you're really worried about it being too like 
stressful or Peter Parker can't handle anything, I feel like you should be like, let me get, let's take care of me so yeah. I can keep taking care of you. Not a lot of forethought on Emily's part. <laughs> yeah. But man, she's a little liar. Yeah. She's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah, needs an older man page. to look out for her. She's hiding her fainting spell. Yeah. Yeah, she needs somebody, a safe older man. A somebody suit, good 30 a man to 40 in a years. suit. <laughs> yeah. Aunt May needs a leads in her life. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The leads wouldn't prey on her unless he thought she was rich. That's just the kind of guy he is. <laughs> he likes young women and rich uh, matrons. <laughs> um, so that, that's uh, but yeah, it's, it's setting up something that really won't pay off for another two issues. Yeah, that's right. It's going to pay off the big master planner saga starting in issue 31. But yes, Ooh. Ditko's planting the seeds pretty early. Yeah. It's cool. And then it's just a cool Yeah, and this is the sort of stuff where I feel like there must have been a little bit of communication, at least on the page, to Stan. Um, Okay, so that's our issue. So um, uh, I love it. I mean, going through it now, it's 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 actually better than I than I remember. That that fight is really good. Yeah. Yeah, I think the fight is excellent, and Jonah's cowardice is so funny, and it's all at the same time. It's it is a I mean it is. As the first page told us, a great superhero action yarn. It's just fun. And, you know, Steve Ditko was good. Like It, it breaks my heart even more that he's he's basically like eight issues away from leaving this. Yeah. I mean, he seems like he's firing on all cylinders. It's There's no reason for this guy to quit. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is a shame that he didn't continue on because it does um, – it just, he's just, I'm reading them for the first time this year and it's just such iconic and solidifies to me why everybody has been loving him for so long. And it's mainly, I think, because of the way Ditko designed him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just such a, I mean, I, I wish this could have, I wish this could have run at least as half as long as Kirby's FF. Um, yeah. It'd be nice. You know, it just feels 102 issues or something. It'd be nice if Ditko had a run like that. But we, we got we got thirty eight issues out of it, so that's or and forty one really. So that's um, but that yeah. does say a lot that even in not even half the issues that Kirby got that he created such an iconic yeah, character. like how influential these were yeah, and as you said, like other artists like this Love and Rockets mm-hmm. have been influenced by Ditko yeah. So I think that says much for him. So um, guys, I want to thank you for being on our our episode um. Let's let's plug your podcast one more time. And do you have any individual plugs you want to do, uh, Dave? Uh, um, ah, ah, crap! A Hellboy podcast. Listen to me and Kate go through everything that is Hellboy, <laughs> the half demon hero. Uh, you can follow that on Instagram and Twitter. Um, Instagram, it's ah, crap! A Hellboy podcast. Twitter, it's ah, crap! Hellboy. Follow me on Twitter at uh, uh, Hobbit one three eight. Yeah, and yeah, you on Instagram. listen to our podcast. Yeah, um, Kate underscore because i'm a monster <laughs> drawing underscore oh. <laughs> i think i'm gonna change it don't don't even sweat it just follow our podcast i think that's a lot more kate drawing we'll never know the end of that instagram kate handle drawing stuff <laughs> i gave up it's on kate, it k-a-i-t drawing stuff are you gonna let it. everybody know how early it is and that's why we're just lunatics we're just caffeinated. yeah we're doing this pretty early uh before uh, kate has to go to her job yeah. Because uh, the rest of us are bums. Otherwise, right. I'm so articulate and <laughs> just wonderful to listen to. <laughs> wonderful. But, um, I, knew me, I, knew, I mean, it's timed well for us East Coast folks. Oh, I just, yeah, you're fine. I know we're out of time and we got to get out of here, but I wanted to know if uh, Kevin and Will, have you read Spider-Man Rain? R-E-I-G-N. I have not. Uh, I have the Care Andrews thing. Yes. I brought a copy yes, so I- Will might borrow it because that was going to be my uh, one of my suggestions nice um because i think it's a really fun read it's like the dark knight of spider-man Ooh. i'm gonna read it yeah okay give us a recommendation um, that's the- say goodbye oh, oh what, sure. what do you want to plug um oh you know what i will pl- if you're in the la area come to ucb's inner sanctum every fourth monday Cause we do a show that's like a character open mic basically, but you can also, we give out free art supplies and you draw the character. It's like a live drawing class and it's a really fun oh, show. Oh wow. Yeah. It's a, uh, and we'll get like characters, like people who do characters welcome and are, yeah, like the character show and mod to come out. So we get like really solid fun people and have some really good artists come out. And it's a lot of fun. Come to that. 
Yeah, that's a cool LA show. Kevin, you're not able to see it. Sorry. Yeah, I won't be there. Kevin, do you got anything to plug? Um, you know, uh, follow us on Screw It Spidey at uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, email us at Screw It Spidey uh, at gmail.com. And uh, I'd like to plug the next episode of Screw It. <laughs> Screw It. We're just going to talk about Spider-Man. It'll be out next Wednesday. All right. Great. <laughs> thank you so much for having yeah, us. Yeah, thank you, guys. This is so yeah, fun. Yeah, thanks for being on it. Love this podcast. Uh, see you guys all next episode. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> screw it, screw it. We're just going to talk about Spider-Man. I'm Joel Spence. And I'm Deborah Tarika. And we're co-hosts of this particular album is very, very important to me. This is the podcast where we ask people we love to pick an album that is very, very important to them. And here they share their memories. Great and not so great. And emotional connections. Great and also not so great. And we all get to listen to it through their ears. Join us for season one with guests like Ty Burrell, Nicole Byer, Betsy Sodaro, John Ross Bowie, and more. Available at Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.